these conferences and usually doesn't get the opportunity to preach. And uh, I know that there's a lot of people here, myself included, that uh, that, that, that he's touched in, in, in some way or another. And, and, and we, we'd like to hear him preach. And uh, I'm excited that he's, that he's on the program. So, Brother James Hobbs, pastor of King's Edition. Well, what can I say? I forgot song service. Now, I could say I was really anxious to preach. Or I could say I was as nervous I didn't know what I was doing. And which one do you think would be right? I know. All right. The question came to me a while ago, who's going to take Brother Kiger's place? He was on his way here. I've had people cancel from, service, from conferences before, but he was on his way here when he got sick and had to turn around and go back home. And so we came here and everybody said, what are you going to do? Who's, who's going to take his place? And I thought around, I, there's probably a whole bunch of preachers that's on the program that would say yes if I say, you know, would you mind preaching another sermon? But what right would I have to choose out of all of them and say this one? Oh. I'm not a bit nervous. And say, this one I'll have to preach twice. And I thought, well, I wonder who would be here that would have a message. And I looked at the mirror and I saw. <laughs> now, I really didn't, don't, uh, didn't have a message prepared, but um, we'll, we'll see what we can do. All right, open your Bibles to the book of Zechariah. Zechariah chapter 3, and we'll read verses 1 through 9. Zechariah chapter 3, verses 1 through 9. And he showed me Joshua, the high priest, standing before the angel of the Lord, and Satan standing at his right hand to resist him. Now this first verse is a real good text for a message. That's not my message tonight. And the Lord said unto Satan, The Lord rebuke thee, O Satan, even the Lord that hath chosen Jerusalem rebuke thee. Is not this a brand plucked out of the fire? Now Joshua was clothed with filthy garments and stood before the angel. And he answered and spake unto those that stood before him, saying, Take away the filthy garments from him. And unto him he said, Behold, I have caused thine iniquity to pass from thee. And I will clothe thee with change of raiment. And I said, Let them set a fair mitre upon his head. So they set a fair mitre upon his head and clothed him with garments. And the angel of the Lord stood by 
And the angel of the Lord protested unto Joshua, saying, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, If thou wilt walk in my ways, if thou wilt keep my charge, then thou shalt, be, thou shalt also judge my house, and shalt also keep my courts. And I will give thee places to walk among these that stand by. Hear now, O Joshua, the high priest, thou and thy fellows that sat before thee, for they are men wondered at. For behold, I will bring forth my servant the branch. For behold, the stone that I have laid before Joshua, upon one stone shall be seven eyes. Behold, I will engrave the graving thereof, saith the Lord of hosts, and I will remove the iniquity of that land in one day. Some very interesting thoughts here. Several sermons that could be preached out of this, this passage alone. My subject is taken from verse 2, the last phrase of that verse. Is not this a brand plucked out of the fire? He was talking about Joshua. A brand plucked out of the fire. Every one of us here who have been saved by the grace of God is a brand plucked out of the fire. Everyone that is here that's not been saved is on the road to hell. Just as we were before we were plucked out of the fire. Before we were saved, safe, from the fire we were on that journey we've studied a lot about hell in our lifetime but we want to think about what has happened to those of us who have been saved by the grace of God I want to remind you first of all it tells us in verse 3, Joshua was clothed with filthy garments and stood before the angel. Can you remember your life? Can you remember before you were saved and the day you were saved and you realized what had happened? You, like Joshua, was clothed with filthy garments, dressed in the garments of sin, garments of iniquity. We don't deserve what we have. Dressed in filthy garments, Completely. Not partially. You know, somebody somebody said years ago when I was young, everybody has a little bit of good in them. I'd heard that a lot of times. And then as I began studying the Bible, and, and especially after I was called to preach, and the more I studied, the more I realized that was not a true statement. I did not have one ounce 
of goodness in me. There is nothing within me that would make me worthy of the Lord Jesus Christ. Nothing whatsoever. Jeremiah says in the book of Jeremiah in the um, 17th chapter, Jeremiah chapter 17 and verse 9 said, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Search your heart and believe in Jesus. It's what everybody said. I heard that many, many times as a child. People says, well, just, just, get, there's, there's a little bit of goodness there somewhere. Dig it out. There is not one ounce of goodness in me. Not one ounce of goodness in any of us that we could dig out so that we could come before the Lord. With heart desperately wicked. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Titus said in the first chapter, in the book of Titus in chapter 1, he said in verse 15, Under the pure, all things are pure, but unto them that are defiled and unbelieving, is nothing pure. But even their mind and conscience is defiled. I've heard people say, let your conscience be your guide. No. The conscience is even defiled. The mind is defiled. There's nothing pure. Nothing whatsoever as Paul said to the book to the uh, people in Rome in Romans chapter 3 and verse 9 he said this what then are we better than they no in no wise for we have before proved both Jews and Gentiles that they are all under sin as it is written there is none righteous, no, not one. None righteous, no, not one. Completely and totally under sin. Dressed in the filthy garments of sin. Romans chapter 5 and verse 12, he said this. Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. All have sinned. Colossians chapter 2. Colossians chapter 2 and verse 3. I'm sorry, verse 13. Colossians 2 and verse 13. And you, being dead in your sins 
and the uncircumcision of your flesh hath he quickened together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses. Who did it? He did. Not me, not you, not anybody else. When I was a young preacher, I went out one time, held my first revival meeting, came home and someone said, how many people did you get saved? Did you ever hear anybody say that? Most preachers have probably. How many did you get saved? I said none. I said the Lord saved some while I was preaching, but I didn't save anybody. Thank God. If I had saved anybody, they'd have been lost again. I couldn't even save myself. How could I save somebody else? Spiritually dead. Spiritually dead. And Jeremiah chapter 13. Back in Jeremiah chapter 13. And um, verse 23. Can the Ethiopian change his skin? Or the leopard his spots? Is it possible for an Ethiopian to change the color of his skin? Or a leopard to remove his spots? Is it possible? No. Then may ye also do good that are accustomed to do evil, just as they can't change themselves, nor can we. Nor can we. Job chapter 14 and verse 4. Job chapter 14 and verse 4. Who can bring a clean thing out of an unclean? Not one. Not one. Not you, not me. Nobody. We, before we were saved by the grace of God, we were totally, completely sinful. Totally, completely deserving hell, and we could not change our path. We could not. We cannot remove our, we could not remove our sin. We were a brand deserving hell. On the road to hell. As far as our, as far as our, our road was concerned, we couldn't go anywhere except directly to hell. But God in his mercy and grace changed that, but I couldn't change. What happened? What happened? Well, back in Zechariah chapter 3 and verse 4, it says, he answered and spake unto those that stood before him, saying, Take away the filthy garments from him. 
And unto him he said, Behold, I have caused thine iniquity to pass from thee, and I will clothe thee with change of raiment. Who said that? Well, verse 1 said, or verse 2 says, And the Lord said unto Satan, The Lord rebuke thee, O Satan, even the Lord that hath chosen Jerusalem rebuke thee. Is not this a brand plucked out of the fire? Now Joshua was clothed with filthy garments and stood before the angel. He answered and said unto them, Take away the filthy garments from him. Did he say, Joshua, if you'll take off those filthy garments, I'll save you? He didn't say that, did he? How many times did someone tell you, clean up your life and you'll be all right? How many times have preachers said similar things, so-called preachers said similar things? A true godly preacher will never tell a sinner, all you have to do is clean up your life. Because that wouldn't work. He couldn't. Just as I couldn't. Just as you couldn't. But this passage says here in verse 4 he said take away the filthy garments from him. Take away the filthy garments from him. Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 7. In whom we have redemption through his blood. The forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. According to the riches of his grace. Colossians chapter 1. Verses 12 through 14. Giving thanks unto the Father, which hath made us meet or worthy to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. Who made us worthy? He. Giving thanks unto the Father. God the Father, which hath made us worthy. To be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in life. Every child of God that's here tonight. Every child of God that's listening in on the internet. If you've been saved by the grace of God. Your iniquity. You did not remove your iniquities. But God has taken them away. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit hath taken our iniquities away. Well, Revelation 1 and verse 5 tells us this. Revelation chapter 1 and verse 5. And from Jesus Christ, who is a faithful witness, and the first begotten of the dead, and the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us and washed our washed us from our sins in his own blood. 
Did I go and get his blood and wash me? No. But he shed his blood for me. That day that he died on the cross of Calvary, when Jesus, my Savior, died on the cross of Calvary, my sins were on his shoulders. My sins. And the sins of all his people were on his shoulders. They couldn't have killed him. He had no sin. But he took my sins. He took your sins. And he was killed because of me and you. Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10. And um, verse 22. Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Washed in the blood of Christ. Washed clean, made pure in the eyes of God. Do you realize that every time you pray, whether it's in public or whether it's in in your mind while you're driving, you know, someone said, the Bible says we should be, uh, we should pray at all times. We can pray while we're driving in our hearts. And we should. But every time we pray, we come before whom? Our Heavenly Father. Our Father who art in heaven. Hallowed be thy name. We come to Almighty God, who's perfectly pure, who cannot look at sin except in judgment. And when he sees us coming before him in prayer, he sees us in the blood of Jesus. And he hears our prayers, not because we deserve it, but because he made us worthy. And he hears us. He sees us and he hears us in the blood of Jesus Christ. Clothed in a change of garment. Isaiah 61 and verse 10. Isaiah 61 and verse 10. I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall be joyful in my God. For he hath clothed me with the garments of salvation. He hath covered me with the robe of righteousness. As a bridegroom decketh himself with ornaments, and as a bride adorneth herself with her jewels. They dress in the best to get married, don't they? He dresses us in the best. He clothes us. He dresses us. I'm safe 
and secure because he loved me. I didn't love him. I do now. I didn't then. I didn't know. I was dead. But I was made alive by the grace of God. In back in Zechariah chapter three, let's go back. Back in Zechariah chapter three. I'll get there in just a minute. I'm nervous. Zechariah chapter three. And look at um, what it says in verses 6 and 7. And the angel of the Lord protested unto Joshua, saying, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, If thou wilt walk in my ways, if thou wilt keep my charge, then thou shalt judge, also judge that my house shalt also keep my courts, and I will give thee places to walk among these that stand by. Hear now, O Joshua, the high priest, thou and thy fellows that sit before me, for they are men wondered at. For behold, I will bring forth my servant, the branch. What's our responsibility after the Lord has taken the garments, the filthy garments off of us? Walk in his ways. Not to get saved nor to keep saved, but because we are saved. Walk in his ways. Colossians chapter 2. Colossians chapter 2. And um, verse 6. As ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord. So walk ye in him. We have been saved by the grace of God. Our duty as a child of God. Is to walk a different path. Before we were saved, our journey was directed toward hell. Now, we have a different direction. Not because we deserved it, not because we earned it, but by the grace of God, we were given a new path. Walk in that path. Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5 and verses 1 and 2. Be therefore followers of God as dear children, and walk in love as Christ also hath loved us, hath given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling savor. Verse 8. For ye were sometimes darkness, or before times darkness. But now, are ye light in the Lord? Walk as children of light. Have you stopped in the evening for your evening prayers before God? Your little personal in, in your closet prayers? Have you, when you prayed, thought, Lord, 
I have failed you today. I've not lived like I should have lived. I didn't witness like I should have witnessed. If you're honest, you'll say many times, we have not been what we ought to be. Because sometimes we forget that we were a brand plucked out of the fire. We forget that people don't just listen to what we say, they look at what we do. And as one man said, I can't hear what you're saying because I see what you're doing. How important is it to witness to someone? The Bible tells us to witness all the time. As a child of God, we are to witness before him What kind of a witness have we been today? What kind of a witness have we been as we've been around others or around our family or at home? We're a brand plucked out of the fire by God's grace. Live as a child of God. Jim. Have a song.